0: We speak to a lot of veterinarians who are trying to figure out the best place to put the cash that accumulates in their checking and their savings accounts. With so many options available to them between investing and debt prepayments, a lot of them are confused to what would be the very best place for them to put it. This episode will cover how we approach doing this in a safe and controlled way, keeping flexibility as the filter to making the best decision. So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you who live demanding lives, never seem to have
1: enough time able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence that is the question and this podcast will give you the answers We are Florida veterinary advisors and this is the smarter vet podcast hey smarter vets this is Tom Seco and CJ Burnett we're financial advisors that work with veterinarians practice owners and the veterinary community across the US. We're the owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors and the host of the Smarter Vet Financial
0: Podcast. Our mission is to provide a different way of thinking to make financial decisions easy so you can spend time doing other things. Make sure to check out all of our other great resources available on our website, such as complimentary financial race CEs, assessments, videos, and articles. You can find them by visiting flvetadvisors.com. And if you're finding this podcast to be insanely helpful, make sure to rate and review us on Apple or Spotify. If not... Give us a rating on SmarterVet Podcast Facebook page and follow us. Let's dive in. We hear this
1: question a lot, and there's so many people that are always curious about how much cash should I keep on hand and what should I do with the rest. Today, we wanted to spend some time to talk through how you should address this.
0: Well, and I, I think it kind of goes back to like some people just really don't have a plan on what they're going to do, and they don't make they kind of make the decision either at at, at their whim depending on how they feel that day, they might be throwing extra money to, to their debt, like their student loans or maybe their car payment, right? Because they just don't like debt. They just want to get debt paid off, but they don't really have any real other motivation beyond that.
1: And what we're often seeing, people will have cash on hand. And ultimately, the idea is that like, well, I have it here. I need it to earn interest. They'll start putting money in investments where it's, well, at what point do you gauge that you should be doing that? Or there's sometimes we run into people where they have accumulated a bunch of money and they have their credit card balances, their auto loan, their other different loans that are just sort of looking at them and they will take all of their cash and then pay off their debts. So the idea would have been, well, I, I did save 20% of my income this year in theory, but at the end of the day, what really happened is that, well, now they've taken all this money and the money that should have been used for their plan has now been used for more of short-term lifestyle expenses. And when it comes to how much cash you should be keeping on hand, gotta always go back to like, what are your reasons for planning? And
0: understanding the why behind everything that you're doing. Well, and and I think it's important to understand the why behind the why. Some people are like, oh, I wanna pay off my student loan as fast as possible because that will make me feel better. But it's like, why would that make you feel better? And that, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing to do that. Right. But it, but sometimes we can do things to make us feel better, but miss out on other things that would have rewarded us more. And so it's not a matter of like, okay, I I do this because I feel better, but it's more of like, why would you feel better doing that? You ask the why and the why, what do we call it? The five whys, right? That one book that was written. Um, It's from the, I think it's the
1: founder of uh, Toyota,
0: the company Toyota always asked the five whys to everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I forget. I, yeah, I forget. I mean, I think I read that book like 50 years ago. <laughs> so I don't, I don't even, I don't even when remember. you were negative I years old, right? Like. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was negative four. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not that old. No, negative 14. Uh, so, you know, recently over the last few months, it's, it, there's been a little bit of a lull with those student loans, right? A lot of people have had those student loan premium, uh, the payments paused, And they keep extending it and extending it and extending it. It's almost like after a while, you almost wonder if it's ever going to come due again. Right. And with the loans being on pause for a while, we've noticed that people are starting
1: to accumulate a lot of cash or even without student loans being on pause over the last few years, expenses have been down for a lot of people. Maybe they're pretty consistent because travel plans haven't been as high or uh, not really doing the things that we used to all do. And we found that a lot of people are are accumulating a lot of cash. I believe at one point in the banking system, there is a lot of money just hanging out there. And I believe there has been a little bit of a pullback lately because of inflation and and things that are going on out there in the economy. However, when it comes to new events that are going to be popping up with like the student loans that are starting again, or new expenses that can pop up, like think of it a dozen eggs. I think at one point hit like $6 over here in at least Florida. I thought that was absolutely insane. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck right now and really having a hard time understanding how to juggle your expenses and how to live your life, it's just the headwinds are gonna even get harder as life starts
0: unraveling a little bit more. And I think it's also good to, whenever you think about the reasons for planning, like the, the whys behind your whys, because we have talked to people where during the time period, the student loans that were paused, they threw extra money to their student loans. And whenever we met with them, couple of those people were like wow like hindsight's 2020 20, this was a good idea and then like the other few of them that we've met with during this time period are like wow i really wish i didn't do that <laughs>
1: right. so i
0: think it goes back to it kind of depends on who you are what else is going on inside your life right? Are, are you planning for a wedding? Are you having a third baby when you thought you were only going to have two? Like, are you wanting to quit your job and maybe move to a different state? Like, what's going on in your life outside of it that maybe perhaps paying off those student loans with the extra cash was actually kind of, you, you're now regretting it because some people are paying it off. They paid it off. They're trying to pay it off faster because there's no interest accumulating. So they just started throwing cash and it worked out. It's working well for them. It was a good idea for them. And then some people it's the opposite. So I think it's really important to recognize like, what are your whys behind your whys? Understanding your reasons for planning. And then you always filter financial decisions based upon your financial reasons for planning.
1: Absolutely. And when you're looking at your spending, we really want to make sure that we're focusing on our habits and our behaviors because budgets really are helpful for people who have money just burns a hole in their pocket. Like they just seem to keep spending it every time they get it. And budgets are good to really create some bumpers and restrictions around stuff. However, at the end of the day, we really want to focus in on what are the habits, what are the behaviors, what's the thought process we have with regards to how we make and spend our money. And we find that a lot of times people that have accumulated cash It feels like it's just they they need to do something that they're losing. It's losing the money by
0: just sitting there in cash, Uh, especially. I mean, like there's some credit to that, right? Because inflation wears away the dollars over time. And I th- and I think uh, people feel like they're missing out on opportunity because their neighbor talks about the the X percentage rate of return that they got on an investment that they made or real estate, you know, being an opportunity to take advantage of. And so people feel like, okay, inflation's wearing away my dollars. I need to hurry up and put this money to work. Some people are feeling, okay, like I, I you know, I need to get this money to work because opportunities are being missed. It's, kind of, it's not so much fear, but it's it's like the fear of missing out. And then you know you think of like interest charges on outstanding debt. There, are, that's that's another factor that can make people go, okay, I got cash on hand. I need to do something with this cash, like it's burning a hole in my pocket and trying to figure it out. You combine that with all of the opportunities that are possible. Inflation being God knows what, depending on what the government says and all the numbers that come out, because depending on how they, they they calculate inflation in different ways, right? So interest charges on debt can be multiple. So Pulling all these things together can be somewhat overwhelming, but I I swear to you, you take an inventory of stuff, you really kind of filter down based upon like we're going to get into our brains in a second, how we think of this soon. And hopefully this will help you be able to navigate what's most important to you and prioritize the things in your life that are really important and, and kind of filter out the things that are not so.
1: When we think about
0: debt, a lot of these things can be
1: true as well, or opportunities and inflation. The other flip side that we always need to take into consideration is what flexibility does cash provide you when there are more short-term things that might pop up? And An example that we always run into with people is that let's say that there is someone has no loans because they used all of their cash to pay off their debt. Compared to a person who has $100,000 of cash, who has $100,000 of loans. When you think of it, who has more control if a big bill comes in like a hospital bill or if they want to pay more, pay for a wedding, looking to purchase a new home? Like I talk, I can't believe the amount of conversations that CJ and I have where they're like, yeah, I want to go buy a house now. And they have absolutely no money to do it with because they literally just got done using it for other things that were not necessarily a priority. It just seemed like at the moment, it, 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 it was irking them to do
0: something person that has $0 in cash, but $0 in student loans versus somebody that has a $100,000 of cash and a $100,000 of student loans, their net worth is effectively the same in both scenarios, right? Same net worth, different positions, different different amounts of control, different, different amounts of flexibility. Because the person that doesn't have any cash, even though they have no student loans, should they need cash, th- what do they have to do? Well, now they have to go back into debt. And they're not going to, they're probably not going to take on Student loan six, 7% debt, they're gonna be taking on credit card debt at 20, Mm -hmm. 30%. And so that left side of your balance sheet, that asset side, sometimes focusing on that can build more control. Forget about the rates of return of investments. Forget about all the the other stuff, right? Just making it real simple, like cash and and student loans. If you just, just look at it on the bare surface level from a flexibility perspective, if the person that had $100,000 in cash, if their income went to zero for a couple months because their job sucked and they were tired of getting beat over the head by their by their superiors and they say, you know what, I'm out, they could do that. The person that doesn't have any cash can't do that because they still need to pay their bills, right? They don't have the flexibility for a couple months to to just quit their job and go find a different job. And so that that mentally like can really mess with you if you don't have and I and I think coming back to summarizing this, people equate being debt free to being financially free. And whereas that may be true long term, it not not necessarily is a hundred percent true in every situation across the board short term. We find that people are often struggling
1: to figure out how much they can save and how to create a balanced lifestyle. The first place everyone should start is by using a spending plan to create awareness on where money is going and to know where to adjust. We have a cash flow tracker that is complimentary to you that can be downloaded at tracker.flvetadvisors.com. You can also check the description of the podcast. And there is a tutorial that is linked on our YouTube that you can watch to be able to how
0: to use the tracker. So going back to even, you know, people think that being financially free, like being debt free, they equate that to being financially free. If we really think of what financial freedom is, financial freedom is not having to live paycheck to paycheck. Financial freedom is my net worth can reproduce an income for me in perpetuity forever. Right. we talk about this a lot in our podcast like the idea is is that your net worth can produce an income to pay all your bills so that you don't have to work anymore for the rest of your life and you can go spend time doing other things like consider our mission like what we you know our what our goal is our ultimate goal for people is to provide a different way of thinking to make their financial decisions easier so they can spend time doing other things mhm so financial freedom is really in control, flexibility, passive income, That's those kinds of things, not necessarily not having any debt, because you can not have any debt, but also not have cash and still be stuck at a job that you're living paycheck to paycheck and not able to, to get out of.
1: What well, we find so interesting a lot of the time, too, when people are saving their number one focal point, especially let's think of not having to always work for a paycheck. The default place that people will consider putting money is into retirement accounts. And what's interesting about this whole concept is that they can be used for a savings perspective, but going back to what CJ was mentioning is like, what, what kind of access do we have? What kind of taxes are associated with it? And if life does pivot or things are changing along the way, how do you get to those funds? Like if you want to go buy a house, you're looking to get married, you find different opportunities that are popping up along the way. We really want to make sure that we can create that flexibility in our plan as we're starting to amass and accumulate money in different places. And thinking if you're making a certain amount of income there's a good chance even with you putting the maximum that you can in your retirement accounts, you might not even be saving enough for your entire plan. So this is something to even take into consideration if you fall in there. And if you are saving for retirement, you might feel the pressure to put as much as you can in there because, well, that's what
0: people think of when they think of retirement savings. I always see on some retirement account statements, they call it a a plan, right? Like uh, an account is a plan. And we have to be very careful with the language that we use because a 401k plan may just be an account, right? If you don't have a plan for it and you're just putting money away blindly, not really knowing what the purpose of it is eventually and how you're going to use it in retirement, like that, that may also be something you want to know sooner rather than later, because you might shovel a bunch of money in it. And if you create an imbalance on your balance sheet and you don't have enough access to cash, you may have to access that 401k early and pay a penalty. Like, so mm-hmm. according to an article on CNBC, the government makes $5.7 billion every year just on the penalty that is paid for people accessing retirement accounts before they're able to at 59 and a half. And I believe this number so, has gone up, like what, 0. 0.2 billion over the last year or two? Yeah, it probably has, because that 5.7 billion, I've, 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 I saw that quoted like five years ago, right? Like, I think that's, that's a number from, from a little while ago. So I think you're right. It, it most likely has gone up. So at what point should you decide to add more to your retirement accounts? Like that, if you max them out or if you're putting money away, that going back to even earlier in the episode when I said, hey, half the people that we talked to who are paying their student loans, even through having 0% interest, Half mm-hmm. of them are like, yeah, I'm excited I did that. Hindsight's 2020. It was a good decision. The other half we're talking to are like, yeah, now hindsight's 2020 and based upon my situation, I really wish I hadn't done that. And it's the same thing with 401k's or doing anything. Like you really really want to peel ourselves back. Think about the why behind the why's, right? And putting money in retirement because you can put money in in accounts for your retirement that may not necessarily be considered, quote, retirement accounts, right? And everyone's situation is different and knowing exactly
1: what to do is should be case by case. It's hard to figure out what is the best thing you should do for yourself. There are general rules that we like to start with and follow when we start working with clients that can give you the most control and they are, aren't are hard and fast to what they should be. They're more of guidelines to make sure, hey, how should I be living my life? And when we talk about cash that's kept on hand, so like one idea here that you could use, and this is a super gray area. I believe that people should at least keep three months of expenses in cash, and that should be designated as your emergency fund or, or uh-oh, so three months of expenses. And when we're talking about it, it is money literally just sitting in a checking or a savings account, and the idea is to just hang out there. So if you wanna take advantage of the higher yield interest accounts that are out there right now, fine, go do it. But you don't wanna take any risk with these funds. If you wanna keep more than three months in there, that's entirely up to you. So if you're a very risk-averse person, and you want to keep even more money on cash. Uh, ideally, though, three months is a good number to stick with, because if you have well-funded long-term disability insurance, at least it can help bridge the gap if you became sick or injured, because most policies have a 90-day wait period, but some could be six months or longer, depending on the contract you have. And then on the other flip side, when it comes to cash you're keeping or just money, let's think, let's talk about the word access. So access is a big critical key part in this. And when we look at access, we want to look at building up at least one year of your gross income that is accessible. So think about putting money into a 401k, into an IRA. It can be accessible in certain ways, but it carries penalties and potential taxes that you have to pay more taxes than other buckets that you put money into. And the idea is that we want to accumulate those funds so that if we do have things that change in our life or if we need to pivot or opportunities that arise for us, those funds are there and we can easily get to them. And you could consider your emergency fund part of this one year of your gross income. But one year should be like a baseline that we all should be targeting. And then, of course, it'll continue to grow over time. And, and think about it. If you are someone that wants to, let's say there's this whole thing called FIRE, financial independence, retire early. Or if you want to be able to slow down before 59 and a half based off of current guidelines today with retirement accounts you will have issues getting access to
0: those funds that you're putting into IRAs and 401Ks. So it's always good to create that good balance along the way. So one of the best ways to alleviate the stress of having too much cash on hand or feeling behind, the best place to start is to identify what money you are actually saving for your plan, the long-term plan, and to not work forever along with any dead cash, we call it dead cash, but it's the cash that's kind of sitting around that's not really meant, as your emergency fund, it's not really purposed for anything like large purposes coming up, right? It's really just cash that's that's chilling there and not being put to work for you in any way, right? You wanna take that and consider, okay, what what do I need to do with this money right now and prioritize where you can put it? Please help us spread the word about the podcast by liking the Smarter Vet Podcast Facebook page. If you have enjoyed this episode, please share it with three of your friends. And if you want to talk about your current
1: situation or you'd like to dive down a little bit further into details around how you should balance your, your current financial life of keeping in cash versus putting in accessible funds, please reach out to us, go to our website, fill out the contact form. We'll be more than happy to schedule the time to talk with you. This is CJ Burnett.
0: And I'm Tom Seiko. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success.
1: Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor two zero two three one five three eight four five expires april 2025